okay hot off the presses yeah you're, you're yeah. hearing it you're hearing it here first folks I'm gonna do that. what is what is that do, 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 do. what is that what is that is that morse code what is that thing is that the do, 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 you know what i'm talking about uh I think what? it's just like news bulletin. Like, yeah, who decided that? Who's like, I got it. I mean, it it's probably some like, yeah. I I assume it's probably some marketing <laughs> agent who was like, what's like an annoying loud noise that you can use to grab people's everyone attention? and everyone in the probably room surrounded by their old TV like snaps at the TV like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got some Oscar noms. We got some hot noms. Hot noms. Yeah. So what's the, what's our what's our what's our general take on it? I'm actually like compared to recent years, I'm like mo- mostly kind of liking them because there's actually a fair amount of these that were like uh, you know ones that I'd seen or on my watch list. So yeah. like, I'm actually pretty happy with it for the most part. I think it's weird to see. Because I think in my head for, like, best picture, I always think, you know, of the Oscar Beatty prestige films from, like, auteur directors. Like, I feel like in my mind, for some reason, like, when I think of best picture, I think, like, the 90s and the early 2000s of, like, that caliber of movie. Shawshank. Yeah, that type of movie. So when it's, like, Avatar and Top Gun, not to say anything (laughs) about those, not to say, like, they don't deserve it, but it's weird to see Top Gun, which was, like, this kind of... Uh, this movie from like the 80s and the 90s I, I forget what year it came out but it's like 80s late, it's it's like it's a hunky dude in aviator sunglasses volleyball like dogfight airplane yeah. movie my head is, I'm still just like this 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 doesn't belong in the best picture it could be good but it doesn't belong same with like Avatar it's like I don't know I can't it's giving me cognitive dissonance not to say they don't I, they don't deserve it but it's just strange to me yeah Right. I mean, if if you get down to that, it's like, are you know, these aren't my top ten movies of the year, right? <laughs> but like, maybe some of them are in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm actually, I actually am open to that, to to them bringing in, um, in in certain cases. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen like, Avatar two. Return of the King from two thousand three is like that would a high be, fantasy yeah. movie that mm-hmm. it, you know is kind of an outsider in that category, but. You watch that movie and you're like, yeah, duh, this is best picture. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say quite the same for Top Gun by any <laughs> means. But I thought it was a good movie. And if, if and this might be giving the Academy too much credit, but I see merit in something like Top Gun where it's like, sure, it's not that prestige, like, you know, drama, yeah. Oscar-y movie, but it's probably one of the best made movies of the year because of like the, the, fact the technical. It's like, yeah. It's like practical like, shit. Like it's real, all that stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think there's merit to that. So I'm, I'm okay with, you know, I'm open to that stuff in yeah. certain cases. So like, it makes sense for me for top gun. And I suppose for avatar because special, the special effects, I, again, yeah. I haven't seen it, but that like, that's what the, the first avatar for. was the same deal. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> was the first avatar so, up for best picture? Damn, okay. A lot of people thought it was gonna. It won like every technical, yeah. but then he lost. I remember it was like a. It was, it was pretty good because he lost to Catherine Bigelow for directing, who was his ex-wife, and then, oh, and then for uh, was it the Hurt Locker? Yeah, and then <laughs> Hurt Locker also won Best Picture. <laughs> but it, but yeah, Avatar one got like all the you know yeah. sound, visual effects, blah blah blah, all that stuff. 
Yeah, I'm kind of torn between. I feel like what's really gonna sweep is gonna be. I feel like the Fablemans is gonna sweep a lot. That seems to be because on. it's Spielberg. Yeah, and I, I think that's. I, yeah. I still haven't seen it. I mean, everyone that I've talked to says that it's good, so I'm sure you know. I'm sure it is. I like some Pauly D. Uh, yeah. I mean, of all the movies on the list that I've seen, I'm gonna be rooting for Banshees because I thought that movie rocked and i'd like to see that movie get some yeah get some recognition yeah i've only seen banshees everything and top gun i think um, tar is tar is streaming now i do want to watch that although yeah i think it's on peacock because that's how we've been watching oh, 30 okay. rock and like we opened it up this morning and i saw tar on there so oh, i think nice. it's available i do want to see that because i like that guy's last movie from fucking i think like 2006 or something it's been a really long time since he's done a movie yeah and uh you know Kate blanchett's like yeah she's great so um yeah i like yeah i like like todd field uh as i've only seen him as oh yeah as nicholas (laughs) nightingale in uh eyes wide shut he's the pianist that's right yeah we brought that (laughs) up recently i forgot about that um but yeah that's what i mean like tar is like pretty high on my list triangle of sadness is, has been on my list for a long time yeah. all quiet on the western front too although i think i want to re rewatch the the orridge first because yeah. i really like the the original all quiet um and, and then the other ones are like ones that i'm not i mean i'd never heard of women talking before there's always one there's always yeah one same two, right like, me either this? on this podcast <laughs> no ladies talking here yeah <laughs> um Oh, and then even out, in it. Oh. It, yeah, there, there's actually a lot of like decent like names in it, like Rooney Mara and uh, Jesse Buckley are mm. also in it. And then Elvis is the one that was always like, "Oh man, I kind of want to see it." So now that it's the best picture, I'm like, "All right, I'll watch Elvis." Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Okay, I did see a. Oh, I don't know if this would be a spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler. It's just a really cool. Does he die? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. Know. I don't know if the movie gets to it. Yeah, I don't but know, yeah. I I've seen like this. I've seen a TikTok of someone watching the Elvis movie, and mm-hmm. there's like because I don't know if you've I don't know if you've seen any of like the kind of one to one matches, but there are certain like real life clips of Elvis that they like nail in this movie. Oh, but it's really? like it's not. But it's not like you know they they green screened Austin Butler into like. You know, sure. just like Forrest did Gump. the Forrest Gump, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, It'd be funny if they did that with with Tom Hanks, though. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he's the uh, the right. colonel or whatever. Yeah, that really that that clip that I've seen where it's like they're all listening to the radio and they are hearing Elvis and they're like, he's white, and they're like, woo, <laughs> like <they're> so, <laughs> It's like we got one finally, woo. Yeah, but I think there's a scene where it's just like it's it's like one of Elvis's last concerts and he's like. Mm-hmm sweaty and just like kind of on death's door like you can kind of tell and it's like austin butler doing it doing it doing it it cuts away and then it cuts back to the real elvis performing like like almost like scream performing like because he's Hmm. it's like he died like a week later Mm, i was like shit that's like that's really i don't know it was really affecting even in just like the little clip that i saw of it yeah because there's just so much historical like archival footage that you can cut to with like real life elvis, right you know somebody like that yeah somebody so documented 
should do it like Chris Chan doc- <laughs> or a biopic like that to oh, the matchups. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who? What? What big name celebrity? Like a list celebrity would play? Would play Chris would Chan? Play Chris Chan? Yeah, in a, in an Oscar. It's got to be like Oscar bait. Prestige. It's got to be Christian Bale putting on a ton of weight and like. Ooh, that's not bad. Or I feel like that almost more like a Jared Leto feel. Jared Leto. Like, I could see Jonah Hill doing it. He's the one it. who would go for it. Oh, that's him trying to be like, I'm going to try for Oscars again. <laughs> what, what, would the, what would the Christian prestige Oscar bait movie be called? Would it just be called like Sonichu? <sighs> Zap? I don't know. Oh, man. So ne- so need a cute girl. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be something in there, yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, one of his songs and just, like, some lyric from that. Oh, Christian. Gets, gets yeah, featuring Christian and the Hedgehog Boys up for best best musical score. I, I was going to say, and then have uh, Lady Gaga gets nominated for, like, her cover for, like, well, I guess it wouldn't be best original song if it was a cover, but... <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that would be a good, uh, like, if they got Daniel Johnston to do the soundtrack, but he died a couple Ooh. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, damn, Daniel <laughs> Johnston would be good for, like, if you're trying to do that. What did I just I watched something that had Daniel Johnston music in it. as like, the end credits for something. Because, hmm. like, I, cause I feel like I was watching it, and, like, the credits started rolling, and I heard it, and I was like, I, he has a very distinctive voice. I was like, that's Daniel Johnston, and mm-hmm. sure enough, it was. Um, yeah, it's kind of going a little bit long, but like the only yeah, we've talked briefly about everything everywhere. I think right. you're more jazzed on it than I am. Uh, I thought you really liked it. I when did you first watched it. I did, but you just get you just get too soured by I social media. I, I really think. do. I really yeah. do. The people because it's like that's why you don't engage. I so I can I, still like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even engage. I just see it on the timeline, and I just want to be like, stop it. Because yeah. it's it's like the same thing when like Martin Scorsese was kind of like talking shit on Marvel movies, and then there would be people that are like, "Oh yeah, I love watching these artsy black and white movies about a pigeon dying, and it's three hours long." And it's like, "Well, that's okay, yeah, that's yeah. not that's not really how it works." But just I was trying to workshop a joke because like there's all these people, I- there's all these people like taking their parents to go see everything everywhere all at once. And like uh-huh. and like watching their mom watch it because the whole theme of the movie is like the whole generational family trauma mom mom and daughter relationship kind of thing, and there were tweets about people that are like I'm devastated. I brought my mom to see everything everywhere all at once, and I was crying, and she didn't react <laughs> at all and said it was boring. And I'm just like, <laughs> and it's like, well, th- talk to your mom. Don't expect like this. It's like, and my joke was like, yeah, I took my parents to go see boogie nights with me to, to let them know that I have a huge dick and they didn't even <laughs> notice at all. <laughs> like, I was trying to figure out a way to phrase it, but it's yeah, it's one of those, it's like, it's like the Marvel fan base and like a 24 fan base sent there. It's the battle of Helm's deep for annoying people mm. between yeah. Marvel fan base and a 24 fan base. And I'm just standing in the middle of it, getting just crushed by them. I mean, I'm. I've, it was a great I've movie. Been... I really liked it. The sentimental shit. I could. I think it was about twenty minutes too long, and I think like the really extended, like like sentimental, like mother daughter stuff it was like okay, we get. I, it. Yes, I understand. I think that's exactly what I thought. I thought it could have been a little shorter. Trim up that ending a little bit. My my big emotional 
moment with that was her and Waymond more yeah. so than her and the daughter. Even though I got the, the her and the daughter was like the main conflict. But yeah. you get the thing with Waymond and I was like, oh, that was really good. And then you still have like another half hour and it's like, oh, yeah, she still has to resolve it with the daughter. Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite movie of the year. That but, and Banshees are neck and neck. If I had to pick best picture between those two, I don't know. Right now, me, I haven't really decided which one I yeah. like more so than the other. Okay. I think they're both great. I'm happy that they're both up for best yeah. picture. And they're like both you said, kind of like not the, major studio, not like, yeah. you know, they're kind of underdogs in my yeah. opinion. And I you said like that. the guy who played Waymond is up for best supporting actor? I, yeah. Yeah, he, no, he I, 100% I'm deserves it. That dude, that really, he, really his performance was great. Yeah. Especially there's, after like not doing parts. it for like so long. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm I'm really pulling for him. He he's the one that I'm like, yeah, die hard like I'll make a TikTok about it sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um but then, you know, like I think it, it like there's other things like editing maybe. It, uh, I I feel like it probably deserves that. Just all the insane like, Yeah, especially flashing between all the universes yeah. and shit. And the violence. It has that Deadpool style of violence that I love yeah. where you know the the butt plug fight, Jamie Lee Curtis flying down the stairs and like getting her head crushed into the wall. Just like that yeah. very <laughs> sudden abrupt extreme violence that's like cartoonish almost. Like real yeah. people like real people doing like clay fighter or or something like that. Just just insanity. Yeah. That's that's the shit about that movie that I loved. I thought it was great. Uh-huh. I I love that she's she's up for a Oscar for that role too. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, she is great in it, but yeah. like you don't often see like comedic roles get yeah no, Oscar nominations, and when they do, you're like hell yeah, yeah, yeah. that was good, <laughs> you know. And then yeah, I we can save this for uh, I guess we also were kind of talking about this because we are planning on doing an Oscar stream of some sort, an Oscar watch along. Um, I want to do to make it fun. I mean, we don't have to like bet anything on it, but we should do like we should like make our own ballots. Yeah, and, like. You know, well, do good. our own. Yeah, I'm gonna like, try and our own stuff try and see as many of these as I can because Me too. we we still yeah. have until like, you know what, early March, mid March to watch them, and I think yeah, a lot of them so. are on streaming now, so I could easily go see. Mm-hmm. I could see Tar. I could see. Oh, yeah, I don't want to watch Avatar. I really don't care about Avatar. I really don't. Not that much. <laughs> yeah. But I'll watch I'm, all the other ones. I'm planning on watching. The best pictures. I'm gonna try to watch all the documentaries and mm. yeah, the yeah, international yeah. movies too, and then uh, other like random ones here and there. I was thinking about the animated ones, but I'm like, I'm not gonna like anything more than Puss in Boots. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> well, all the anima- um, all the animated ones are usually like horrifically depressing too. That's kind of what yeah. I noticed, or at least you know the few times because I've seen those Oscar nominated shorts blocks. A few times back when the Alamo was still around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one last thing I was going to address that... I don't know. We'll see if there's any more uh, developments on this. Or maybe it'll just, you know, get pushed aside. I don't know. But uh, Andrea Riseborough, who got nominated for actress in a leading role for Two Leslie. Yeah. Which is another movie that, like, nobody had heard about. Apparently, she, like... Mark, she like campaigned for herself by like using her connections to like people in the industry and stuff. And I guess there's like they might be the academy might be like reforming their like rules for how people can like get into uh 
the thing because apparently like you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to like use connections but it's like the wife of the director of that movie knows people or something and yeah so she got in based on basically like Gwyneth Paltrow and Jennifer Aniston tweeting about it more or less (laughs) I mean especially with all of this discourse about like Nepo babies and like using your connections to like get ahead shit that's yeah that'll be I didn't even know that that was a thing I'll I'll be curious to see how that goes especially because like that that category is pretty stacked I think so. Yeah. I mean, I still haven't seen Blonde. I don't know if I'm going to. Oh yeah, right. I've heard I've heard very mixed things about it. I mean, a lot of people very early on about Blonde were like, "Do not watch this if you're like trigger yeah. warning, content warning." Because I think it's because I think Marilyn Monroe is a pretty tragic figure. Like if you really look into yeah. it, like yeah, she is. She was chewed up and spit out by the industry, and I think mm-hmm. that's like. A big part a of, of the movie. Women were back then. Yeah, I mean, not that anyone isn't now, but yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I do. Well, think now we have Twitter. Worse back then. Yeah. <laughs> well, <coughs> try that again. <laughs> Welcome back to There Will Be Duds. This is episode eighty-five, and I am your co-host TJ, aka Jay's Jack Cheese. I, my uh, my meter there was kind of messed oh. up. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with me as always uh, as always i'm nick aka dr funk on twitch and as always we watched a movie this week that movie being the host from 2006 directed by bong joon ho uh it is about a monster an amphibian monster uh that's chilling in the han river of south korea it kind of kidnaps the daughter of the lead character played by song kang ho um so he and his father and siblings uh kind of launch a a mission or in a kind of covert in a way mission to try to locate it and kill it but mostly just try to get get his daughter back um and they kind of have to navigate uh the government trying to kind of keep it hush hush sort of spreading conspiracies about like it being a host of a disease a monster movie but it's a bong joon ho monster movie so it's it's got got a little bit more it's going got on layers the it's got surface. a lot of layers yes yeah um and it was when it came out the the highest grossing movie in south korea and i think uh parasite is now so yeah bong joon ho is Damn. just kind of on fire he's he's the man he's, i, he's I almost want to say maybe yeah i i almost want to say that memories of murder was that when that came out too every time he puts out a movie it will be he's a one man like blockbuster like every movie he puts out is going to be the biggest movie of the year and break records yeah yeah this movie uh my cat is going nuts because she can't get in here um i really i really enjoyed it i'm just gonna put my cards on the table there uh it was it was a lot of fun it was i was worried at first with like the cg of the monster because like the very first mm. time i was like this is kind of neil breeny like the way <laughs> the way the monster like kind of like like a snap bubble like droops into the water when they see it for like the very first time i was like oh it didn't look oh, i don't know about this but because i was like okay you know maybe because it's like it's in south korea you know they don't have the the best yeah tech, give like, it a little like, bit of yeah. yeah and i was like okay this 
cut a little but, bit of a slack, yeah. But afterwards, it was like, no, it was great. Um, yeah, I think um, before we get into like the the, I guess the meat of the movie itself, but I think um, kind of the same thing uh, at first, but. I think this movie does a really good job of overcoming the technical limica- limitations by uh, doing what it, it. I compared it to because uh, I, I was telling Cleo this because she was like, "That doesn't look good." It, we'd watched this before, but yeah, and I was like, "Shut up!" Let me tell you <laughs> why it's good. <laughs> no, um, as I compared it to Gollum from Lord of the Rings, um, yeah. where it's like it the movie does a really good job of like giving this thing a physical weight and making it feel like it's really there more so than like, I don't know. You think like star Wars and like, I don't know. There's a part where like Anakin floats over a fucking pair to Padme and she like sticks it with the fork. And I mean, there's plenty of other examples, but that's the one I always think of from star Wars. And like, it just, it, it doesn't, you know, it, nothing looks real because they're like touching shit and it's not like reacting or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like no physicality to it. Yeah, there's a lot of physical, you know, people getting snatched or ate or whatever, and and it just it does a really good job of of merging it with the mm-hmm. with the stuff that's actually there, much I, like they do with Gollum. I and think they, they fact, had a mocap guy with this. Oh, did they? I think uh, they like did. A, yeah, a 15 foot long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <mocap guy>. yeah <laughs> they like human centipede. They style. had a dude in a tank that they were feeding formaldehyde for years, and <laughs> yeah. now he's fifteen foot long as scales. Yeah, um, and fun fact, as I said this before, I realized, but um, Weta Workshop is credited for visual effects, and they're who did the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, because yeah. I think you did it over the last weekend or so and like we did it like at the beginning of the year but we watched oh, the trilogy yeah the lord of the rings trilogy and i yeah. would say yeah some of the some of the orcs some of the creatures i was like okay this is really 2000s like it still all looked good but definitely some, some of, of the it, creatures yeah. i was like dude it's it's a little bit but i i, I still, still think does, it cg is pretty well. pretty good yeah but yeah there's definitely a little yeah you can tell a little bit did you okay so yeah after I watched this, um, I have this really cool uh, coffee table book, Bong Joon-ho book that Chloe got me oh, for yeah, Christmas. Yeah. And uh, I, I read the stuff on the host. And uh, there's there's a lot of fun stuff in there. But one of my favorite facts uh, that for the inspiration for the monster, because I, I even felt this before I read the essay, like when I was watching the movie, that like especially near the end when they're like dumping the very subtly named Agent Yellow on oh, yeah. the monster <laughs> you i i kind of felt bad for it because oh, yeah because yeah like the whole time the the this monster is like a product of its own like it doesn't it didn't it's not to its be fault born. that it's yeah, yeah you know this is it's almost like the uh like the mother in barbarian i i, I kind of thought of that too. oh yeah yeah with like the, the mother the girl hiding in the subway to... in, in like the sewer yeah <laughs> and it was like I almost imagine the monster like having a milk bottle in its tail, just like, bah, bah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. in the inner, in the interview or like Bong Joon-ho is quoted as saying that like to make that monster feel more humanizing, they, he gave them a picture of, um, Steve Buscemi from Fargo. 
to be like <laughs> what the fuck i got okay <laughs> i gotta i gotta find the direct quote because it's great because yeah okay basically he wanted it to be like think of the the monster as like a 15 year old kid that like doesn't it doesn't want to be in this world and it's just like constantly at odds with its own body and like hates being there is and, that what he thinks steve buscemi is like <laughs> okay okay all right what's notable about the river creature is that despite the fact that humans are its primary prey it's not really a villain in directing the animators bong told them to think of the monster as an unstable teenager and even went so far as to give the animators a picture of an actor and tell them to work with him in mind that actor Steve Buscemi and Fargo, the character of that kind of funny looking Carl Showalter, struck Bong as a kindred spirit, given his impatience and the way there always seemed to be something wrong with his body. The monster, who, in Bong's words, didn't ask to be born this way, is in a similar position, always in pain due to being a result of chemicals and pollutants. <laughs> so, that's uh, when you when you see the monster in this movie, think of uh, you know Steve, Steve Buscemi Michelle. being like, "I'm not here to debate you, Jerry." <laughs> That's such a weird, like, thing to... Because, like, I felt the same thing. Like, I... To be honest, I feel that way a lot in in movies where, like, animals are the villains. Like, I feel like we watched something kind of recently. Um, Yeah, because it's like... Oh, well, fucking Lord of the Rings. There's all, like, the Oliphants. Like, there's the part where... I remember thinking that was, like, you know... That's, like, one of the... Yeah, there's the part, like, where... Legolas, it's like one of the you know the most like epic moments of of the battle of of Pelennor Fields in the last one, where uh, he like he like climbs up the one and yeah. then like snaps the the ropes, so all the people on top fall, and then he like kills it. It's like, like there's sh- nobody on it. He shoots it, its you, brain. You got everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like, like oh, you, that you, still only counts as one. Yeah, and it's like you know the funny, cool moment, but it's like you could you got all the all the the people are off of it. You could have it probably would have just ran away, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's especially if you know animal. anything about elephants and how like smart they are, you're like, come oh, come on, man. Yeah, you're, yeah. You didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, like uh, like much like the host, it's it's the people. It's it is man who is the true yeah. villain here. Yeah, that that's clearly like. I, I think it is very clearly supposed to be the point in this that it's not like yeah it it is more people and you know America oh that, yeah oh yeah uh, I mean like the two the only two English speaking characters in this movie the Americans their entire job is to make things worse and then yeah. deny and cover up yeah. their actions and making things worse like the only yeah. English bits you get in the movie are those two dudes being like pour the formaldehyde down the drain and then you get the 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 guy from silence of the lambs who has a crush on clarice mm-hmm. he's like he's one of the scientists when she brings them the death's head moth i think yeah i know yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm saying that for the audience yeah oh, okay okay because i think there's like a scene where he like looks over at her and he, yeah you you reckon as soon as you're like oh you see his eyes you're like oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah well i think i mean yeah i I think that's also like what's so affecting, especially the way that he's framed and like staring directly at him and like one of you know, he's he's cross eyed, but it's like Oh yeah, they do the same thing in Silence of the Lambs. There's yeah. like all that direct contact with the Yeah, camera. that's like you're yeah. you're basically confronted with it, but he's just like 
basically telling his translators like yeah there is no virus the guy died the guy that we thought was infected died of shock in the surgery but we've gone too far and we can't look like we're making a mistake so we're just gonna run with this virus thing (laughs) yeah just very blatantly like on the nose admitting like yeah this is a conspiracy and we made it all up (laughs) and it's it's so great i i don't know and i think another thing that i really loved was like okay I didn't love this. I couldn't... I had no sense of time in this movie. Hmm. Because it's like, okay, the day that the monster strikes, uh, his daughter gets taken. They try mm-hmm. to find her. And then when, like, the dad dies because dipshit Song Kang-ho didn't count the bullets right. Oh. And he gets arrested yeah. and, like, the family unit split up. It's like... How how much time has passed? Because there's like that scene where it just seems like everything is returned to normal. Like every Oh, I see what you mean. Like I don't want to make too many like COVID parallels, but it's like they're all out on the street wearing masks. And it's just like there's this imminent threat everywhere, basically, but life has basically resumed. And it's I I laughed so hard at that scene where like they're all standing at the crosswalk and the dude's like <coughs> and then he like takes his mask off and he like spits into the puddle and a truck (laughs) comes by and hits the puddle and sprays the water up and everyone's like ah ah yeah (laughs) because they don't want to get infected or whatever but I couldn't tell because it seemed like okay life has resumed how much time has passed between the family unit being broken up and like the the brother like trying to like you know triangulate the cell phone things because it's like that that little girl's in a sewer. It does kind of give If it's give like up, for like yeah. multiple days, how is she eating and surviving? Yeah, it does I get what you mean. It does kind of kind of come off that way. But I guess n- having the girl in the back of my head, I was like, "Oh, it's probably just like the next day." But I get okay. what you mean. It does kind of give off that that feeling. Maybe maybe it's just like I don't know, do you if there's like a monster like that, do you clothes do you evacuate the yeah. entire city or well like, we can't uh, shut maybe down they the just... economy tj we can't shut <laughs> down the <laughs> yeah i don't know that's maybe like... they just didn't know like how to handle it so there's like, like the okay. host deniers that's like nah yeah but then but then it's like nah that shit's government made it yeah actually it is in this case yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it's kind of funny that it's like if you like look at it from like a lens of now it's like this movie comes off as what uh, pro pro-gun yeah pro-gun and uh like pro-covid denier because it's, it's all like oh yeah the, the 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 disease is made up and uh what gongdu like has a gun has like a rifle keeps a rifle in his his like food stand at the end <laughs> <laughs> Could look that was that, that was such a cool shot though like him like this like the way that it was lit just the little food truck and then it was completely barren outside of that food oh, truck the and it's like the yeah. snowing and like yeah. he thinks that he hears something out in the water you know yeah. like the threat's That's never his... really gone i i thought about this i think just yesterday not even like when i watched it but i was thinking that that could be i was like oh so now this is like this is opposite of squid game because in squid game the main character has like normal hair the whole time and then at the end when he's like a changed man he, he like dyes his hair red and stuff so this is like the opposite of that and this is it this is his parasite origin story he's like okay now he has normal normal hair now he's been like wronged by the system and now he's like poor his, he's been his, lobotomized his family's, 
his family's splintered, and he has his son. He has the son. Ooh. Now he's gonna. They, they don't establish, you know, Ooh, who yeah. if they're step and then they're natural survivors. They they uh they if it's if they steal to survive, it's not stealing. Like they had that they had that kind of theme running through. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna meet his new wife and have the kid, and or have his <laughs> have the daughter because he's kind of like he needs to. I mean, like he's not thinking this, but he's like he he feels that that hole from losing his real daughter. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can kind of look at all of Bond's <laughs> movies, or at least the ones that I've seen with that lens, with that sort of like cl- I, I, class consciousness is like a character of its own in like all of his movies in some way or oh, form. Oh yeah, yeah. And like yeah. this, this one has it too. Just uh, you know, they're all basically like the whole family's poor, and like the government mm-hmm. doesn't listen to them, and like they don't have any resources. Like it was so devastating when he had to like give the the bucket of coins as uh oh like yeah. bribe money or whatever it's like that's the money he's yeah. going to use to buy his daughter a new phone because she was embarrassed about her her phone you mentioned the the part i was going to mention that uh around the editing i like i love the editing in this movie mm-hmm. especially around like the action scenes like such good like it's like so well composed and such like good cuts like that part where the dad dies and he like the monsters come at him and then click and then it's that really quick shot of of song king ho's fingers going and you it's like oh, it communicates even... this information like oh you oh you get sh- it it's so good at like communicating stuff so quick because that shot of him is like it's like boom 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 done and then you see his face for like a half second and then back to the dad and then he just is like the yeah that and then also like when they kill the monster too is so cool he like yeah. he has the pole and like sh- it's it's so yeah just the the action is cut really well in this movie yeah. yeah and then you got your your classic bong like ten out of ten tracking shots uh with like tons of people you know doing shit he's re- like talked about that's like Kurosawa you got to touch on the blocking yeah and I guess the same thing with with Bong Joon Ho it's like the blocking and like those those tracking shots with like large groups of people he's really good with. One of my favorite oh, shots yeah. in the whole movie is that first monster attack where you see Song King Ho like looks down and then you see like in the distance it's it like running down the the like sidewalk and then it like follows him running away and then it like kind of goes up on that side thing and Yeah, it's yeah, it's so cool. cool. It's so cool. Did you notice the number on the jersey? Of that dude that got eaten like right off the bat. No, but was it sixty nine? It was sixty nine. Hell yeah, dude! I think I think that dude was like in his mouth for a, a good while. amount of time. <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah, like I think I think the dude was in the monster's mouth when it had his daughter in its tail. Like 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 he grabs the girl, goes into the water, comes out on the other side, and I'm pretty sure he just like <clears throat> like hacks out that dude and then takes her off. And I was like, damn, that sixty nine dude was he got dissolved for a while yeah or i wonder is is it supposed to be like is it is it making a joke like it couldn't it couldn't swallow him because he was too big (laughs) it's too big a piece i don't know (laughs) (laughs) and that's why it's like let me get something smaller i don't know (laughs) yeah well speaking of of blocking i think this would be i think this would be in that realm but the the scene directly after after like the monsters kind of receded and everyone's taking stock of who's gone and and what's going on they're kind of in this kind of quarantine hospital zone where there's like people in beds that's another like, parasite 
par- compare or parallel. I just realized because there's like a scene oh. after the flooding in Par in Parasite where they're yeah, in that's right, like a, a similar yeah. kind of like it's like a stadium or something like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, but they're all looking at like the the posters of like all the people that have that have deceased, and I love that shot of all of the family like around, and it's like uh, his daughter's like you know they think she's dead. But it's like all four of them like kind of huddled around and they just start like wailing. Yeah. And it starts <laughs> and then out like, like yeah, collapse this is, like, on each other. Yeah, it's like, okay, you, you start out, you're like, Yeah, this is a family grieving, okay. Yeah, and then it, they all collapse and they're like writhing on the floor, and then all these photographers immediately flock to them and start photographing them. And I'm pretty sure like Song Kang Ho was like kicking as he's rolling around on the ground. It's but just I like I love that shot of all of them surrounded, like looking and then yeah that's great uh, i i made a note of that scene in particular as like highlighting that again the thing that i another thing that i mention a lot with him is like that blending of of like the seriousness with the comedy because like you said it is like a serious like gr- family grieving moment but then it just turns like it's like so wild <laughs> and then they're like falling over each other and then they fucking they bring back the drop kick uh-huh. yeah but the brother drop kicks <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yes and then to like break break that there's like the guy in the hazmat suit behind them who just like slips and falls and then stands up and he's like yeah 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 and then he's like uh they're like what's going on and he says uh well uh i'm sure i'm sure it'll be on the news yes let's watch the news and he's clicking through the channels and he's like just it's not on the news <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh wasn't that uh wasn't that the other detective from memories of murder he was in this, the, the like the drop kicking guy. Was he? Because I saw a dude who looked a lot like him. I'm pretty sure he's in it. Like the the book that I was reading. Well, the the fucking the brother who I can't believe I didn't realize this until afterwards. The brother is like the final suspect from oh from Memories of Murder, like the factory worker who's like really quiet. Oh okay. No, the other detective is not in. The, unless you're talking about the other detective no you said the drop kicking one yeah he's not in this unless oh no 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 he might be um yeah kim roy ha is cho cho young park's partner oh okay i don't fucking know <laughs> so no so i think it's because it's like isn't it like three detectives it's song kang ho then the detective from seoul that shows up and then the third guy kim roy ha yeah he's the hazmat guy in the host oh okay gotcha that's who he is in the host gotcha yeah his little cameo was great just the totally he's trying to keep everyone in control and he's totally inept yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then you got the dad who's been in barking dogs and memories of murder i rewatch these and he's in okja too but i think those i think i don't think he's in any of the other ones he's in four of them and then uh bay duna who's in she was in barking dogs she's like the main girl that oh okay yeah i really got to rewatch these now that i kind of like know who these actors are and i've seen them in other things it, it it'll be fun to go and like rewatch them with that in mind oh another one i noticed was uh the, the like mentally challenged guy from memories of murder yeah he's in this he just plays some like random it's i want to say it's like when the brother maybe when he goes to that office oh with uh fat guevara i don't know why he's called that 
<laughs> but <laughs> I could be wrong, but yeah, that guy's in it too. So yeah, a bunch of yeah, a bunch of the old the old gang. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Like you know, certain directors always kind of feature. You know, like Wes Anderson always has like Adrian Brody or Bill Murray or like you know Owen Wilson's. I like that Bong keeps. You know, he has his cast of characters like almost like single-handedly like made Song Kang Ho a, an international star which like Song Kang Ho is only like 39 in this but he is like he's kind of cut because I feel like in all of his other movies I've seen him in he's kind of he's got I mean he, he kind of has like a naturally kind of chubby looking face I would say he's got like but it's like to seeing him like as like this skinny burnout loser is kind of funny Dang, and I like, didn't realize you know, he, yeah, he was almost 40. He looks a lot younger in this. Maybe it's Yeah, he does. The, I thought he was like early 30s. Yeah, again, mixing that blend of of like real family drama and humor, you know, the scene when he's when he's asleep and he tells the siblings, "Hey, like he didn't have enough protein as a kid." So it's like just you just dial it back sometimes when you're shitting on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "I can tell if it's going to be a good or bad day based on like the smell of his farts." That's right. Like, yeah. That's how you really know somebody. If you can <laughs> smell their farts and be like, that's going to be a bad day. That's what it's, it's like gonna being be a, a dad, one. I guess. Yeah. It's such a great character introduction, too. Like you said, all these like visual little things that like you immediately know what's going on and like what these characters are about. The introduction of his character sleeping at the at the stand and he gets up and he just has the coins like kind of like stuck to his face because he fell asleep on him it's like it's like okay yeah i know i know everything i need to know about this guy this guy could survive a lobotomy (laughs) oh yeah 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 that's right yeah because i feel like what god what was that uh like one full of the cuckoo's nest doesn't isn't there like a scene with jack like jack nicholson and he's like he's like kind of like uh and then he's like and then he wakes he's everyone thinks he's been like sedated and he's like pretending to be like all like uh and then he snaps out of it that's kind of what song kang ho does like after the lobotomy he gets up and he like just kind of has a very blank expression and then that's when he grabs the woman with the needle and he's like he's like 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 get away from me like using like the the virus as like a as a weapon to hold hostage and like that the, I was the, wondering, yeah. the jarring like hospital lighting when he's like he's got that thing on his face and you can like he's like he's like no oh, what yeah, are you yeah. doing and he he like he fluctuates between which seems you know kind of genuine i guess realistic in a way like of how maybe a person would re- would act in that way of like fluctuating between like i'm going to fucking kill you you pieces of shit and then oh please let me go yeah. please i'm sorry yeah. I'll, <laughs> i won't say anything <laughs> Just, <laughs> back and forth yeah <laughs> yeah again it's like it's funny but also like nah i, I don't know it's it, it it really like it does that like the whole movie where it's it's you know they're they're worried about like the guy's daughter dying and then she does what what do you think about that that that's something that that'd be like a good uh, thing to talk about what what do you think about about the that resolution of uh i guess the they, they they kill the monster but his daughter is dead but in the she process saved, of that she yeah. saved a, a little boy who was stuck down there too yeah i feel like that's kind of a good arc for her i guess where like she kind of got she kind of got to be her own hero like she got to save somebody 
And like, right, you know, I like that she, she kind of yeah. sat, she, you know, she made a sacrifice to save this kid to keep him safe. Like she kind of took it on herself to be like, this situation sucks, but it sucks probably even worse for you because you are a child who like knows even less about what's going on. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, she tried to keep him. I almost, it made me think of, uh, when, when, cause like before the kid gets thrown into like the sewer, he's with his brother and they're like orphans yeah. and they're scavenging. I thought of like Grave of the Fireflies with like the older brother oh, and like the younger yeah. sister, like trying to, you know, we got to survive together. And it was almost kind of mm-hmm. like that parallel where like she was protecting him. Um, in that book that I was yeah, reading, yeah. apparently test audiences hated it. Hated the ending. Yeah. They hated that the daughter died and it was kind of ambiguous. I feel like, like when they pull her out, cause it's like, I thought both of them died. At the at first, oh shit! I was like, okay, well, someone someone has to like wake up, right? Like that scene's gotta happen. But yeah. it was like the younger kid. I was like, okay, like I I didn't hate it. I think I guess thematically, like I think it worked. It's just yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's like a fifty fifty bummer, uplifting ending. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, that I was just wondering because I think. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate it the first time I watched it. I'm. 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 I like it, or like I'm more like cool with it now. It's just. It. It is a bummer. It's just not. If this was an American movie, no fucking way is that how it would end. No yeah. way. The the daughter would live, or or it would have like just ended somewhere. And like I feel like if this did have, I think maybe this came to theaters over here, but obviously it wasn't like a big thing or didn't have yeah. a wide release. But like yeah. I, American audiences would not gel with that ending at all. Um, <laughs> or they, they they wouldn't. They would be like, oh, and now so he just he just has this other kid now. I guess that's weird. Yeah, yeah. I I assumed if there was any in between adoption thing, but the kid was like an orphan. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> he probably could have just taken him, and nobody would have like asked or. Yeah, he's like, I'm your dad now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it it is kind of different. I I like it because I think it uh, it I don't want to say makes it more realistic. It's not realistic that like you know they die, but it's yeah. It just it kind of puts it in a different light from other general monster movies where it's like yeah you know it's it it you know this thing was a threat. It, it was dangerous, and you know you might save the day but it's not it's not gonna be perfect yeah 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 i oh uh, fuck oh fuck and that's why that's why he that's why he isolates himself at the end of parasite okay we're going parasite spoilers (laughs) i guess because the daughter gets killed and he's like it's it's bringing him back to the host and he's like i can't do this he's like i can't (laughs) do this anymore so he i can't keep losing him yeah (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) another thing i read from that little essay was that like bong did not like the idea of like hiding the monster like uh, like typical Mm. monster movies it's like the monsters in the shadows up until like the big reveal Mm. this it's like nope it happens in broad daylight and you get to see it like completely immediately like you know there's no ambiguity like you see the monster and also, I think you know he tried to make it more as realistic as he as he could. Right. So it's like he made it it's like okay, this thing's big, but it can still hide behind a truck or like a vehicle. 
Like yeah. it's it's not so big that's cool. that it's just yeah. like a Godzilla, you know. Uh huh. So like that was kind of like his thought process behind it was. Ah, I like that. That's cool. kind of like I don't know. Made me think of like how Midsummer is like a horror movie, but it takes place in like completely broad daylight for the most part. Yeah. Like really, huh. like I guess subverting like the genre, especially of like 2006. You know, really trying something different of like those types of monster movies. That's cool. I, I I respect that because, I mean, you know, a lot of times the reason that they do that is because they know that this that it doesn't look real. So they do it in darkness. So it's, you know, it's kind of yeah. hidden. You I mean, it's like the like Jaws effect. Mask that a little bit. Jaws or, yeah, Alien too. They do that. Yeah. With or the, even the, the, the Xenomorph. In this book, they talk about like inspirations and like they were talking about like Jaws kind of being one of them. But he said like one of the biggest inspirations was Signs. Oh, interesting. Yeah, huh. with like the yeah, yeah, because they're just kind of like yeah. I think when you see them, it's it is like broad daylight. At least when yeah. you first see the aliens. Yeah, then, yeah. And um, I think I think he also like took a lot of like the family aspect because like similar oh, you know okay. similarly like Signs is a movie that's ostensibly about a family unit like staying together, yeah. and that's kind of what this movie's about too. Like, yeah, it it, it again like Bong Joon Ho and his layers. Like you got like the class stuff, you got the family stuff, and you got it's like very normal people thrusted into a situation where like they're not action heroes, and I think that's yeah. kind of a thing in like a lot of his movies that I've seen where it's like ordinary people that are kind of dumb sometimes and make very human decisions, and mm-hmm. it's you're not gonna get that movie star ending, you know, like yeah, like yeah. with Parasite, yeah, like a main member of the family like dies, and it's yeah. you know very similarly with this like. It, it, it's 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 as grounded in reality as it can be it, it it is cool how like how human he makes his movies feel despite how i mean a couple of them i guess are sci-fi or you know yeah kind of wacky concepts i guess most of them are normal life <laughs> stuff but yeah still yeah still very human like characters yeah, yeah regardless of the regardless of the subject matter the only couple other couple i guess stray thoughts i've got i laughed pretty hard at like the scene when fat guevara tries to like he tries to betray him and like get the bounty on his head but then like Uh the brother escapes and even as he's running away fat guevara is like like yeah (laughs) you set him up and now you're like giving him the fist of solidarity that he escaped yeah i wonder if yeah, is that supposed to... No, because he says... He asked them, like, oh, yeah, what's the pay for this? So he definitely... It's not like he was... You know, it's not like the government found him and they were like, hey, you got to set your friend up or we're sending you to jail. Like, he... Yeah. He it's definitely his... set up, like, he called them to... Yeah. Yeah. And then the so... other... <laughs> uh, I laughed pretty hard when, like, early on in the monster attack, some dude just gets launched... Like he just gets oh, yeah. flung. Flung. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it made me laugh. Um yeah. the only other thing is like, you know, it's it's kinda I was waiting for it to happen. But with the sister, like the whole setup of like she never knows when to shoot at the right time. She can just Bullseye. never and like yeah. several times she knocks an arrow and never gets and never does it. And so yeah. when when the brother has the Molotov cocktails, which like I don't know, again, reading the essay in this book, it's kinda talking about like how you know each character's vices like you see uh-huh. her gripping on 
her bow and you see the brother gripping on his alcohol bottle like he's you know uh-huh. and so it's like they kind of use their vices together at the end to uh yeah kill the monster it is extremely satisfying like everybody i was like, like plays their part i was like and, she's got to get this shot she's got to have yeah. her redemption she's got to have her her gold medal shot and like, yeah when a uh, god and yeah plex worst possible timing for commercials but when he goes to throw the Molotov right. cocktail and it drops behind him, I got hit with like a two minute <laughs> ad and I'm like, come on, man. And then, yeah, when she like dips the tip of the bow into the flames and lifts it up, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is her shot. She's yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Super yeah, satisfying. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember what I was going to say, I was just going to say, yeah, like kudos to bong about the, this, you know, just doing it during daytime of being like, like I was saying, a lot of other ones kind of try to hide it, but it, you know, if he was just like, "No, I have enough confidence in my directing yeah. and everything else that it doesn't matter if it, you know, looks a little, a little shaky." Um, and also, I feel like at the time, you know, because visual effects age with time. Like when this came out, it probably wasn't as noticeable, right? Yeah, yeah, we hadn't. I mean, we hadn't seen Avatar, Avatar. Two: The Way of Water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> and it's like, even you know, you want to keep we keep going back to Parasite, but even then, like, you got this CG monster, and then you've got like the Parks House, which is entirely on a soundstage. The top level of that house doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's like blue screened in. So like mm-hmm. when you see that shot of them in the yard outside, they only yeah. made they only made the first level. The second the level. First floor. Yeah, that the that top one like doesn't even exist. There's a, like there's like a picture, and you can see huh. like it's completely covered in blue, and they've like digitally superimposed the t- the like the second level of the house onto it. So it's like you know that's where visual effects like you wouldn't even know if you watched it. Like it's it's crazy, yeah. and obviously it's a static image and instead of like a monster, but you know. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> if we're talking realism, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the best kind of visual effects, right? Is when, yeah. like, you don't even know that it's there. What did I give all the other... I don't even remember what I gave all the other Bong Joon-ho movies that we've watched. I th- I think we're on the same... No, don't compare it. What okay. did you think of this movie by itself? Because I kept doing that. I was, like, with Memories of Murder. Uh, so I'm like, oh, which one do I like more? What did I rate Memories of Murder? I'm like, don't think of that. Just rate it. I'm feeling a nine on this one. I'm feeling a nine. Okay. I... I was initially hesitant with with the with the, the CG monster, and I feel like at the very beginning the dialogue was a little also like kind of Neil Breeny, where like <laughs> he he asked the guy to pour the formaldehyde down the sink, and he was like, "Yes, but oh sure, wouldn't that go into the Han River?" It was like yes. the the thing was like, "Wait, isn't that illegal? Aren't you <laughs> lying to the people?" Like that thing at the end of uh, was it whatever Neil Breen movie bodies. we watched. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I again, Bong is a master of blending all of these genres of of tight knit family stories, class stories, monster movies. Like he just, this is such a good layered movie that you know, even on repeat viewings, I think I would pick up more stuff because I do think that I clocked that scene you were talking about earlier when he's like counting the bullets. But I think it might have been so yeah. fast I didn't like compute exactly what he was trying to convey but like now that you mentioned that that's that's such a good visual indicator of like it expresses an idea instantaneously right at you and you get it so just yeah for his like what third movie at the time 
It's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Song Kang Ho is great. Love my boy <laughs> Song Kang Ho. Um, yeah, even all the, all the performances are great. And it has... Uh, there's like a really great scene of like this weird surrealism when they're all eating and the daughter just pops up out of the background and starts eating oh. with them. Yeah, I was like, yeah. wait, what? I was very confused, but like it even has like these elements of surrealism that are, that are mm-hmm. really cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm at a nine. Uh, this movie rocks. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right around there. I'm, I'm a little higher. Uh, I'm at a, at a 10. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I was fluctuating between a nine, a nine and a ten. Mm-hmm. I was watching it, but kind of sitting on it now. I'm like, it's it's just one of those movies where like there's not a week. I, I would say this for, uh, for this, for Parasite, for Memories of Murder, and probably for Okja. Um, that'd probably be like my fourth favorite of his, mm-hmm. Okja. But I would still probably say that where it's like there's not a weak scene. I think like the entire thing is compelling and interesting and gripping and you know all the all the positive adjectives you know yeah. attributes that you'd want for a movie um and yeah it's i don't know it's it's fucking fantastic i kind of i gave a i know i gave memories of murder a nine too and i always thought that that was my second favorite of his after parasite i i almost i wonder if i should like reevaluate and like is, is memories of murder a 10 i'm not i'm not sure or do, or maybe i just like this one more I feel like my only qualms with it the first time I watched it was like I was a little iffy on the ending, and now I'm just like, yeah, it's a sad ending, but I think it's a good ending. Yeah. Um. Great characters, great acting. I and you know I'm partial to monster movies, especially when they're done well. Oh so, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Movie fucking rocks. <laughs> um. Great. <laughs> uh, Transition? Do we have a um uh, yeah. break? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Are we are we back? Oh god, I turned to this page. That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking we're back. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What so what we, did you watch? We uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had a we had an interesting double feature last night. There's there are several movies that I uh, I will always pester Chloe about. Like we need to watch this. And, and American Beauty was one of them where I'd be like, this is like a, a formative movie for me that I've that I've seen like years ago that on repeat viewing still is affecting. And I was like, we need to watch this. And so we watched it last night. And uh, uh, not surprisingly, I still think it holds up. Probably would be a 10 out of 10 for me. Cool. And I totally understand why some people would not be into it now given kevin spacey's whole shit and the fact that this movie is about a middle-aged man who is essentially grooming a teenage girl it's pretty rough stuff i understand that oh right yeah i didn't think about that aspect of it yeah (laughs) yeah but i still think you know the score is one of my favorite movie scores ever yeah Uh, really really good it's just i think I don't know. You you can tell me every reason why you think that it's hacky and pretentious. And I'd be like, yeah, probably don't care. <laughs> uh, that yeah. ending monologue still gets me every time. Like, yeah, no, it's great. I, I, I love it. And then right after that, we watched how to lose a guy in 10 days, which I had never seen before. Uh, have you, have you seen that? 
that was like a, a one for you, one for her type thing. It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. No, I've I've never seen the How to Lose a Baby Ten Days. It's it's like that Matthew McConaughey like pre like big movie yeah. star like rom com dude. Yeah, Which, it is I, funny I that everyone's that like era. he's so hot, and like Matthew McConaughey's kind of a skeletal looking guy. Yeah, I don't think he's unattractive, kind of... but it's just like he's very he's very polygonal. Like he's he's like a PS one game looking guy. Yeah. Like <laughs> the one he, the one time I thought he was like he was hot was I don't even know if I said like hot hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh the the earlier episodes of True Detective from like when they're in oh. the like like the nineteen ninety five section where he's got like the short hair. It's pretty good oh, there, but other okay. than that, no. I don't like his spaghetti hair. His, his ramen noodle hair. <laughs> his ramen noodle hair, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of funny because it has two people that went on to be in Glass Onion. Uh, Which one are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about, yes. How to Lose Kate Hudson. And uh, there's another and... There's another woman who looks like Laura Linney, but she's not. Yeah, uh... talk Catherine Hahn? Yes. Weird. I can kind of. I've never thought of Laura Linney, but I can. Maybe see is that. it Laura Linney or is it? Hold I can kind of see that. No, it's not Laura Linney. It's someone else. Whatever. Um. Anyway, yeah, like it's like this. It's kind of a rom com, but it's like they both work in like. It's a very thinly veiled, uh, reference to Cosmopolitan magazine. Oh, okay. So she, so she's basically Cosmopolitan. Like, <laughs> I think it's called composure, oh, okay. but it's it's got the same sort of sensational headlines like how to orgasm with or without. Oh right, because that's like an art. It's like a article yeah. headline is the yeah. Right. And so yeah. basically, she she <laughs> she wants to write about like politics and and like sports and like she's basically one of the guys. Like that's her whole character is like I'm not like other girls. I'm cool. And and basically, her her editor is like, if you can become like co- composure's it girl, you can write about whatever you want. And so like, uh, Catherine Hahn's character is just like, I think if you put it in Wedding Crashers terms, she'd be like a stage five clinger. Like that's the the kind of like dating. She's like, she's broken up with after like dating a guy for a week. She's like, I cried during sex and told him I loved him. Like she's just like crazy. <laughs> And so okay. she gets the inspiration to be like, okay, I'm going to write an article on what not to do in dating. And the article is going to be called how to lose a guy in 10 days. So she's going to find someone to date and then increasingly become more insane and insufferable okay. as, as the thing goes on. And she's going to like basically trying to get dumped and sabotaging it. And okay. then conversely, Matthew McConaughey's character works at like an advertising firm and he's trying to get this big client and it's like some sort of like diamond thing. And they're like, oh, only women can talk about diamonds because they love them. And he's like, look, if I can get someone to fall in love with me in 10 days, I get to be the pitch guy for like this diamond client that we're trying to advertise for. And so it's uh, like unstoppable force, immovable object. He's trying to get this girl to fall in love with him while she's actively trying to sabotage their relationship. And I mean, okay. it kind of falls into the, the, the trappings of like those rom-coms. I'm like, okay, there's eventually going to be a scene where one of them finds out that the other is doing it based on a bet or is doing it for like these, you know, you know, not, they're not disclosing their real reasons why they're doing uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. But overall it had some funny moments. It was definitely cheesy. It was fine. 
I, I would give it like I think I rated it like three and a half on Letterboxd, so oh. like a six and a half, seven. It was fun. It was fine. Nice. It had I, like I, the I most early two thousands ass music I've ever like. It's so funny how like certain songs from that time period are instantly recognizable as like ninety nine to like two thousand three. Like yeah. yes, I know exactly the time period when that song was recorded. Was there like any Everclear or? Uh no, there was like a Keith Lifehouse. Urban Keith Urban oh, song. Okay. Was like I wanna love somebody. Like that song was in there. Okay. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the end credits music, but yeah, no, it was very much in line in that wheelhouse. <laughs> that's that's funny. I I I I have wondered like if if going back to those like old, you know, w- would those be more positive now that Matthew McConaughey is more. At least in my mind, like I, he was one of those guys like during that time where I just like I would just avoid any movie he was in because I'm like, he takes oh, his shirt like, off in this dumb. movie. Like within ten minutes of meeting his character, he takes his shirt off. <laughs> like that was that was the thing. Like because I think he's in another movie with Kate Hudson. I think it's called like Australia, and literally on the cover of the movie, his shirt is off. Like oh, uh, fool's gold, fool's gold. Yeah, isn't wasn't he in another movie called Australia? I don't. I hate that I fucking knew that. <laughs> uh, there's a movie with like Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman called Australia. That's the only. Yeah, one I that's. Yeah, I don't I'm, know I'm conflating. All. I conflate. Sahara is the movie I'm thinking of. Gosh, oh. You, oh my god. Sahara. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking. Oh, Steve Zahn is in that. that yeah, that's a weird right. face. He's in the first season of White Lotus. He's got a uh, he's got a weird face. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Sahara was one of the like. I don't think it's a good movie, but I probably liked that one as a kid. Like any Indiana Jones adjacent sort of action movies, I was really into. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I guess it has. It's just has like that a look. you know, like modern swashbuckler sort of yeah. thingy. Yeah, mummy like the mummy style. Right. That's that's another good comparison, I would say. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I would always like just avoid him. I think yeah. the first thing I like went to see with him in it was, although he wasn't like a main character, was Tropic Thunder, and he is really oh. funny in Tropic Thunder. But like, everybody's, oh, everybody's yeah, movie. <laughs> I feel like after Wolf of Wall Street, that was like a big movie where I think. Because I mean, he again, he's only in it very briefly, but his character is like one of the most memorable. <laughs> yeah. Like at the beginning, like the yeah, you got uh, 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and then he yeah, just did then. a string of like dramas where you're like, yeah. oh shit, okay. Like he did Dallas Buyers Club. He did mm-hmm. uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, that's another big one. Wolf of Wall Street. And then, yeah, the true detective shit where it's like, oh, yeah. okay, he's got dramatic chops. He's good. Yeah. He's yeah, not he's just the shirtless guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched, uh, not as a double feature, but kind of bring them both up because they are kind of similarly, thematically similar in a sense, um, two sort of existential sci-fi think pieces, I guess. Um one being uh, World of Tomorrow uh, by Don Hertzfeld, and then the other one, uh, Last and First Men uh, by uh, Johan Johansson. Um, his one and only movie. 
sadly, because he he passed away uh, before it came out. Um, he is a. I'll go into Last and First Men first, since we'll we can kind of talk more about Don Hertzfeld. Uh, and I think there's less to say about Last and First Men, even though I loved it. Um, uh, I liked both of them a lot. Um, I. I only pick, I I don't know I I had fluctuated on actually watching this movie for a while because you see a trailer and you hear about it and all I can say is anything that you would see in the trailer or hear about it it is the movie is it so it's an adaptation of this old uh, sci-fi novel of the same okay. name from it's from like the 30s or something so early sci-fi um and the movie is just a series of either still images or very slowly zooming or uh, like turning camera movements. Very like s- slow, um, black and white, 16 millimeter. Um, and it's narrated by uh, Tilda Swinton. Um, and then it's got a score behind it. And it's just kind of text from the book uh i guess um and it sounds like it sounds like something that would be like in an art installation or like at a museum or some shit yeah um but there's just something about that combination of elements that really worked for me um Hmm. it's normally i'm not for this like slow like bullshit like pretentious seeming artsy i'm trying to feel i feel like we talked about something like that not too long ago was it it wasn't that Santinago movie was it oh maybe maybe the the thing is that Sh- uh, Tango is a lot more like um oh are you thinking you're thinking of the cream master cycle that's, that's what because we we found that letterboxd reviewer guy who reviewed all of them and yeah wrote all of his reviews as like personal like attacks toward yeah. the director and like that's hey, right man, like you, yeah tim, tim curry. curry yeah i follow <laughs> yeah right. go follow tim curry on letterboxd that's his right. reviews are pretty great yeah yeah that's, that's how we was. found tim curry yeah <laughs> um yeah uh, you know and maybe it's because this one isn't like it's it's not like I, th- I think the difference between this and something like cream master is that cream master is like oh i'm presenting all these weird images and that but it's actually a metaphor for all this bullshit yeah. this stupid shit about my dick or whatever <laughs> um and last and first men is basically just like tilda swinton is telling you a story and like if you listen to what she's saying you get the story it's not being metaphorical it's not mm-hmm. trying to be you know it's it's if it, yeah if you listen to it you get the story it's not it's not hard to get as long as you're paying attention um and uh, and also, like from what I know about the story, so the book is literally it's it's supposed to be written by the last men, the eighteenth men, who are uh, from two billion years in the future. And the book is almost like an archive where they just go through. This is the history of the first men, which is us. We are the first men, and it's like, and and then they went extinct after this many years, and they created the second men, and then the second men, and then they do like this is a physical description of the second men, and then this is their mm-hmm. history, and then into like each down to the eighteenth, and then it's basically like the eighteenth men. There's this thing coming towards the sun, and it's going to kill the sun. 
we don't have enough time to leave our planet so we are the last people gotcha we the the human race dies with us so we are reaching into the past to communicate with you to try to i guess like pull something mm-hmm. you know try to save us by means of communicating with the past um and uh the the movie doesn't really go through the past men it's basically just that thing with the last men Um, and like communicating with the first and stuff uh but it's yeah like i said it just it just works it's like it i don't i feel like if somebody tried to make a traditional movie of this it wouldn't i don't know i just don't think it would be that interesting but like god the music is so great the visuals are so cool apparently like it's all shot in like this like remote section of yugoslavia and it's all these like weird ass statues and like just architecture but paired with this it's like is this supposed to be like it's so foreign looking that it's like this could be like where they live or something yeah you know and yeah you find those like untouched parts of like the planet still and you're like oh holy shit this is like a completely different planet that we're on because there's there's nothing there that we would like recognize like there's no there's like no roads no buildings no traffic lights no Mm -hmm. like it's just completely like untouched or it's like it's so foreign it it is really yeah yeah the the structures themselves are, are so weird um but yeah i i don't know i i was really surprised how much i liked it also it's it's a movie but it's like it's like it's literally like an hour it's like an with credits it's an hour 10 Oh, okay. so um but i was like i could have i could have watched like basically an audiobook of the whole thing like this it was so <laughs> cool um yeah i love tilda swinton uh she she has a good job she is just it it is almost like an audiobook like a like a very well produced visual audiobook in a sense if you look at it that way yeah um, but you get a new johansson score who that was kind of like bittersweet for me because i love his music he did a. Uh, you you'd probably know him from Mandy. He did the Mandy's score. Oh, um, okay. He's he also did uh, a few Denis Villeneuve movies. He did Prisoners, Sicario, which is oh. probably my favorite score of his. Yeah, I've um, seen Prisoners. I've seen. Yeah, I love Mandy. That movie yeah. rocks. Um, oh, so is it is it like kind of like weird synthesizer electronic music? Because I. The score for Mandy is very kind of. There's some of that. I'd say okay. it's more Prisoners, Arrival. He did Arrival too. Oh, okay. Um, there's like there's orchestral stuff, but I think there's some electric electronic stuff too. Okay. Um. So yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, it's it's sad because it's his only thing. I don't know. He is primarily a composer, so who knows if he even would have made another directed another yeah. movie, but. Um, yeah, really, really great composer and really good score. Really good score for this movie too. I thought I thought it was it was great. It's just yeah, I definitely got to check that out now. Weird, weird thing, but yeah, really, really good. Um, and then World of Tomorrow uh, by Don Hertzfeld is also about like people <laughs> far in the future uh, communicating with people in the past to it's actually really similar now that i think about it Uh, (laughs) because uh world of tomorrow is it's three episodes but i think it's done and 
kind of like what he did with it's such a beautiful day i don't know if you saw that one no. but um that also came out in like three parts but then it's like one movie the world of tomorrow is a bit more disjointed than that and i don't know if it is supposed to be a movie but for the purposes of my my movie list thing i'm counting it as a movie sure. <laughs> um uh but yeah the first the first one is like it's basically last and first men because there's this future emily uh who comes to emily prime in our present and she says that the world is going to end and i need your help to try to save it or try to save myself at least which that's basically the premise of last and first men um <laughs> but i feel like we've talked about don Hertzfeld in the past on the show maybe but um, yeah, I guess. yeah, because <clears throat> like my experience with Don Hertzfeld was, I think, uh, years ago, uh, Trevor found a is like a two DVD box set of the animation show, mm-hmm. which was curated by I think Don Hertzfeld and Mike Judge, yes. and it was it was like animations from all over the world. That's how we, uh, the Incredible Hunk. Mm-hmm. Well, fine. Put it on a tway like that shit. Yeah. That's fr- that's from that. Uh, there was like a really great band that I learned about from that called the Real Tuesday Weld. They kind of oh, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Clerk and yeah. Kid, which mm-hmm. is you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like that, I I love that band, and I found it, like the animation show is weirdly formative for me. Apparently, as now that I think yeah. about it, but I think uh, Rejected was on that, which I think is a lot of people's first. So you know because you know my or spoon only. is too big yeah or yeah. only which yeah. like yeah i think i think if you go into world of tomorrow only knowing like rejected or like billy's balloon or i don't know some of the other like very strange hyper violent surreal like kind of comedies you know i am a corporate whore like that kind of shit <laughs> i think world of tomorrow you're like oh my god because it is quite affecting and it's like yeah, I saw it um, in an Oscar-nominated shorts block. Apparently, you and I both saw it the same year mm-hmm. uh, at the yep, Alamo Draft House Alamo. in Kalamazoo. Yeah. There was a really cool one in that block where it was like, it was like a twenty-minute-long one. It was like kind of stylistic, a guy smoking a cigarette. It was like more noir. I don't know if you remember that one. I remember. I remember World of Tomorrow, and then there was like a space one. Those are the two that I remember. Yeah, like an astronaut one. That's right. Yeah, I think that was Russian. Yeah, yeah, but, it was. But, uh, yeah, World so Tomorrow, I guess. I was, like, yeah, I was pretty blown away. Again, I haven't seen it since then. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I think if you watch a lot of Don Hertzfeld's stuff, even the more comedic stuff, there are those, it's underscored with, like, melancholy and deeper. Yeah. They're deeper than, like, what you would think. It, like, deeper than my spoon is too big. Yeah, and my <laughs> anus is thing. bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the World of Tomorrow is definitely following the same train as It's Such a Beautiful Day. Um, I think It's Such a Beautiful Day is more... It's Such a Beautiful Day is, like... That one is, like... it's It, like, wrecks you. It's But it's really, really good. Um, still, like, really funny. He, he mixes in, like, a lot of... Like, in the first episode of World of Tomorrow, there's a part where... Uh, the third generation Emily is, ta- is telling Emily Prime, like, she's telling her, like, all this, you know, all the bad shit that's going on, and she's like, and also, uh, we've, uh, 
like something we've done to uh like pacify or to lessen like grief of a lot of a loss of a loved one is you can it's something where like you you like take their face and stretch it over this like ball on a on a robot so that they'll always be around and then it like cuts to somebody standing by this like robot with like a face stretched over it and it just is like bouncing and like a <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> uh, and then the Emily Prime is like this little she's like three or four years old and she's voiced by like a very small child so I don't know if if her dialogue was written that way or if it was just like he just kind of had a microphone around a little kid and because uh yeah exactly works the yeah. dialogue around that because she just says like random kid shit yeah 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 because yeah I, I remember yeah like the the third emily shows up and just like drops all this really heavy shit and says like yeah blah, like this has gone wrong and i'm trying to prevent this from happening so i'm coming back to you emily prime and she'll be like okay yeah like it's, just it's, way above her head yeah, there's like, yeah, it's like after one of those, and she's like, I drew a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the the sequel kind of follows that too. Um, it's, it's not the same future Emily. It's a different future Emily comes back to Emily Prime. So it, that one's really similar. And then the third one is about David Prime, who is mentioned in the first two. Okay. Um, uh, and and one of the future Emilys uh, communicates with him, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to give away too much about the story, but if you liked the first episode, I definitely would check out the other ones. Um, yeah. You have to pay for them. You could just get the DVD. That's what I did with a. Uh, if you get the DVD for or the Blu-ray for "It's Such a Beautiful Day," it has the first episode on it. Oh, yeah there because like i follow i follow don hertzfeld on like facebook because like Mm -hmm. he's still pretty active there and like every once in a while i'll see him post like hey you can still get the blu-ray for you know it's a such a beautiful day or world of tomorrow like and i've been meaning to buy it because i remember seeing world of tomorrow like the first Mm -hmm. one and really really liking it and uh i should just eventually pick it up oh there's like a best of don hertzfeld 2006 to 2011 that's kind of cool yeah i'd like to start getting more like physical media of of his stuff but i know you can like pay for it on vimeo yeah i got yeah i got the blu-ray for for that just to like support him because it is directly from his website anytime i can like directly support yeah uh, you know like i did with like with hollywood if I have some extra money, I would do that for Meal Brain too. Or if he made it any easier to, <laughs> to actually buy shit off of his website. <laughs> yeah. Because I would like physical copies of, of some of his movies. That would be cool. Um, but yeah. Yeah. If you like his style, it, it's all... I think I think the first episode is very... It's a very good primer. I think they maybe get more serious as they go, but there is still like really funny stuff in all of them uh you kind of have to with like how heavy that subject matter can get like and i think yeah yeah very very similar to bong joon ho it's like using 
sort of like tragic comedy as a vehicle to get like more you know deeper ideas through mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> um and kind of like touches on which it's such a beautiful day does this a lot too touches on basically eh, fucking as well as last and first men it's like touches on like the fine like the finite nature of like humans and like yeah you know, the the drop in the bucket that like our entire species is and and all that so it really like makes you think like just puts you in like a it humbles you sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) this Um, podcast is a drop in the bucket in the but it's a drop in the drop in the drop in the bucket (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's all it's all the end of men in black one in the end (laughs) (laughs) aliens are gonna find a they're gonna find my hard drive with all the episodes on it yeah. these are their records yeah <laughs> yeah what do they mean by hercules plate what is this <laughs> these nuts <laughs> that, that ultimately that's going to be our contribution to human history yeah yeah um okay shit i'll let it out of the way uh dudwick always sneaks up on you I'm like, does. I, I, I've had several times I where I thought, oh shit, it's Dudwig coming up. That'd be good. I should have like, we should cut, and then I could be like, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Dudwig. <laughs> oh shit, it's here. Okay. <laughs> Next week's movie. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, our our Dud movie. Yes. Uh. From 2003, directed by William Byron Hillman, Quigley. Quigley. Yeah. This is... I'm, I'm excited for this one. Have you seen it? No, but uh, it's Gary Busey playing a dog, so, you know. Oh, okay. I've heard of this. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. I don't need to see it to know that... Oh, it's got the dude from Nope. Yeah, Oz Perkins, right? Is he is he yeah, like the the pretentious director guy? I think he's uh yeah, I think he he works on that commercial, yeah. Did you know that that's um Anthony Perkins's son? Like Psycho? Like the Psycho? That's his son. That makes sense. <laughs> he's done uh he's a he directs stuff too. he's done well i should say he's done one movie oh. that i think is pretty good but oh that's michael wincott who's the director oh you meant uh antlers holst yeah oh yeah who's no, who's oz michael. perkins in nope he's at the, the commercial at the beginning of the movie oh, that they're shooting he's okay. he's just like a he might he's like a assistant director or something like that but he's like He's like the one that they talk to when they're like, gotcha. "Oh, can I get it a second?" So, yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, not the. I didn't realize <laughs> that's the guy that you meant. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he's in Legally Blonde, not another teen movie. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a few things. Oh, yeah, he's a uh, he's he plays young Norman Bates in Psycho too. <laughs> Great. Perfect. That's pretty. That's pretty cute. You know, I've actually heard good things about Psycho too. I'm. I want to watch that one eventually. Um, uh, 
and maybe it's like good for what it is for like for being a like 20 years later sequel not by alfred hitchcock they're like oh it's it's not complete garbage you know it could be one of those but yeah um or maybe it's like a halloween three you know like season of the witch kind of thing where it was probably panned initially when it came out and then they're like oh wait actually this is this is good yeah like yeah kind of re reevaluated or whatever yeah um but anyways quigley that movie uh it's on tubi of course uh and then some other stuff but you know just get tubi no reason not to <laughs> um uh so watch it there before next week's episode if you don't want to be spoiled for it uh these episodes come out every wednesday at 7 p.m est uh on twitch and youtube in video form as well as apple podcast and spotify in audio form uh we also have social pages on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok uh and we're trying to push for uh you know go, go to our youtube though that's that's our one that we're trying to push for uh like we said we're gonna at least try to do a an oscar stream coming up um but maybe maybe be cooking up some extra content exclusive for the youtube to try to try to push that yeah yeah um at least for now we'll see where it goes but uh yeah um and with all that shed uh hmm (laughs) uh uh i am your you know what i'm i'm not I'll, i'll be nice to myself i'm not fat but i'm i'm chubby guevara uh, <laughs> dude, that's what I was gonna do. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm slightly above the the BMI average uh, weight. Guevara, uh, Guevara, <laughs> uh, TJ, aka J Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always. Um, <laughs> as always, uh, I am your, I am your, uh, lo- lobotomy resilient father who wants to give you a beer because like what you're in middle school now oh yeah <laughs> uh, uh aka nick aka dr funk on twitch all right Bye-bye. bye bye